Well, good morning, everybody. I'd like you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Joshua, chapter 24. The coming of the new year brings with it thoughts of the previous year and thoughts about the year to come. And quite often we make changes to our lifestyle with a view to improve and to capitalise on what we already have. That's fair enough. People make all sorts of resolutions for the new year. And I wonder as you look back over last year, or maybe the last couple of years, if you have considered your own spiritual development and your position with God. Let's read Joshua chapter 24 and we shall read the first 28 verses. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges and officials of Israel and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago your ancestors in including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob Jacob and Esau. I signed the hill country of Sea to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron and I afflicted the Egyptians and what I did there and what I brought you out and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Israel, you came to the sea and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea over them and covered them and you saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you and I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippah, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel. He sent for Balaam, son of Boar, to put a curse on you, but I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again. I delivered you out of his hand. Verse 11. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, Pezrites, Canaanites, Hippites, Hittites and Gigasarites, Hivites and Jebusites, but I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow, but I gave you the land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. 
throw away throw away the gods of your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or gods of the Amorites in those in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord and to serve other gods. It was the God, it was the Lord, our God Himself, who brought us out, brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before your eyes, before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we travelled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign idols, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he's been good to you. 21. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. When Joshua said, You are witnesses, then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, Throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people and there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them the decrees and the laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak tree near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. Uh, it has heard all the words of the Lord, the, heard all the words the Lord has said to us and will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. May God add his blessing to that word. A couple of things. Do you remember your past before God was in your life? Yes, we all do, don't we? The Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. They had a terrible lifestyle. And, (coughs) folks, it's no fun being a slave. Your freedom to make choices gone. There is punishment, folks, for disobedience if you're a slave. Escape seemed futile. And this story began well with obedience from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Esau. But through through their obedience... They were given the promised land. But Jacob ended up going to Egypt, which resulted in enslavement for the children of Israel for 400 years. And enslavement is something that we have all experienced before Christ came into our lives. And also when we close Christ out of our lives. Enslavement takes us away from all that we have and all that we are in Christ. And the devil is a liar. That's not even written here. The devil is a master at enslaving us if we are not careful. He's a master at doing that. That's what he does well, is to enslave Christians 
if we are not careful. That's what he, he tries to do. But as believers, we must remain focused on Christ. And the basic problem is that we want to control our own lives, but we need to let go of that control and give God the reins. That's what we need to do. But that's the problem. We want to control our own lives. We want to make our own decisions. Oh, I'll go here, I'll go there, I'll do this, I'll buy this. And we do those things without even consulting God. You know, I'm not talking about buying groceries, but I'm talking about, you know, big decisions in our life. <clears throat> if we want God to bless us, we need to involve him in our life in a major way. And there is certainly a reality to the deliverance ministry. The Israels were delivered from Egypt by Moses. Initially, the people were happy to have left Egypt. They were chased by Pharaoh's army. And they were delivered from Pharaoh's army. They came to the Red Sea. They were delivered from, uh, from that sea in, in the sense that they crossed over on dry land and delivered from Pharaoh's army. God parted the waters and they crossed over and the army was stopped in their tracks. But through disobedience, folks, you know the story, they were in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience. And there is no doubt that God is the deliverer. He delivered people, delivered them from, from Egypt. And right throughout the scriptures, you'll see where God has delivered people from situations and he delivers people from sickness and from financial problems and, and from bad marriages. And God is in the deliverance business. <clears throat> but like the Israels, Israelites, we also have a responsibility to obedience to God. And if you want God to deliver you from your situation, you need to be obedient to him. It's important to remember your own circumstances regarding your deliverance. And we all have our own stories of a lifestyle which did not include God. And we remember the moment our life changed when Christ came to dwell in our hearts. Have we not, have we not become followers of Christ? Where, if, sorry, if we had not become followers of Christ... Where would we be now? We wouldn't be here. You might be home or doing whatever on a Sunday morning. Still, we would still be attached to the slavery of the world and all that the devil would have for worldly people. He's got a lot. But God has got a lot more. True. God did so much more than just deliver the Israelites from Egypt. He took care of the enemy at hand. He brought the Amorites into their hands, destroyed them and gave the Israelites their land. When Balak, son of Zippah, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent Balaam, son of Bor, to put a curse on you. But God would not listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again, and again I delivered you out of his hand. That's straight from Scripture. And sometimes the enemy comes to us swiftly, and sometimes he, he sneaks up on us. 
And the enemy will use every means possible to distract us and to take us away from Christ. Every means possible. His best angle is to tempt us into one of our weaker areas. As we see here, God took care of the Israeli army. Not only did he give them the enemies of the land, but he gave them the land. The land that was promised to them. And every time a person receives Christ and resist the temptation and therefore we should give the enemy no quarter. The Amorites and Balaam were not only enemies that came up against Israel. Sorry. They were, they were not only the enemies that came up against Israel. They had many more enemies than those two, as we do. Let's be strong and allow God to defeat our enemies as we move forward in Christ. God made it clear to the Israelites that he was the one that was preparing a way for his people. He gave them Jericho. He gave the Amorites, Pezrites, Canaanites, Hittites, Gigasarites, Hivites and Jebusites into their hands. He sent the horn at the head of them to drive them out. He took care of the two Amorite kings. He reminded them that it wasn't just their weapons that gave them the victory, but the Lord was going before them. God also reminded them that they were given a land that was already established with cities, farms, vineyards, the lot. God not only took care of their enemies, but he gave them their enemies' land. They didn't have to do anything. No wonder it was called the land of milk and honey. But I want you today to remember the events of your own past and how the Lord has delivered you. Without that deliverance, you will be lost today and have no guarantee of making it to the promised land. We need to have an attitude of being grateful and being grateful to God where he has brought you from and where he's taken you to, both in this world, folks, and the next. This history lesson from Joshua was leading the people to throw away the gods that were worshipped in the past and serve the Lord. And as Joshua goes on to say that if serving the Lord is undesirable to you, then choose this day who you will serve. And I think that's a very relevant message for today. If you're not interested in serving God, if you're half-hearted in serving God, forget it. You might as well just go and choose who you're going to serve and, and even stop the relationship. But if you're fair dinkum about worshipping God, then you'll get on your knees and you'll do everything you can to foster that relationship. Joshua says, as for me and my house, or my household, we will serve the Lord. And when I read that out of the scriptures, I heard a few amens. And just as Joshua challenged the children of Israel, I also give you the same challenge. Choose today whom you will serve. Folks, throw away pagan worship. 
throw away idol worship, throw away all things of a worldly nature and choose the Lord. Joshua is leaving no stone unturned. Again, he gives the people another rundown on their history with God. But this time, he takes a bit of a different angle. This is verses 16 through to 20. He reminds them of the signs they received from God. He reminds them of the protection that God has provided for them. He reminds them that God also kept them safe. If these people reject God, then God will turn his back on them. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. And after all they have been through with God, if they reject him now, that's the end. That's it. It's finished. It's done. But we're blessed, aren't we? We live in in a time of grace. And so we have opportunity. Opportunity before punishment. We have been through a lot with God. He has delivered us from the world and the devil. And he's delivered us from burning in hell with the beast and the false prophet. We have all received his protection. We have all received signs that we will have all. We have all received signs and we have all been given direction by God. We have been given direction by God. This book is full of direction for when the human being receives salvation. This is your book of direction. It will show you the way. Many people will see one side of the pearly gate, but I want to see both sides. I don't want to get a look at that gate and then burn with a false prophet and the beast. I want to get a look at that gate and I want Jesus to swing it open for me. And I want to go through and I want to see the other side of that gate. I want to see the the new Jerusalem. I want to walk on those streets that are paved with gold. That's what I want. And I know that all of you want that too. But don't let the devil get a foothold in your life. Give him no quarter. Joshua gave the people an ultimatum, challenging them as to whom will you serve? And the Israelites chose to serve God. They were told to throw away their foreign gods. They chose to serve the Lord and to follow him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant with the people and he recorded these things in a book called the Book of the Law of God. And we just read his recordings. We read his recordings. We're also given the same challenge, folks. The question for us is not so much who will you serve. I mean, this building is full of believers. The question for us is what does it take to serve the Lord? The Israelites threw away their foreign gods. What are you doing with your foreign gods? Remember that anything that takes the place of God, anything that comes before God is a foreign God. I'm not talking about Eastern religions. I'm talking about things that come before God in our lives. They become foreign gods. Anything that comes before God becomes a place of worship. 
or an object of worship. It could be sport or occupation or family or it could be gardening or it could be an attitude, you know? If we put these things before God, they become foreign gods. And Joshua is telling the people, get rid of your foreign gods they were bowing down to. But if we have anything that we put before God, we're bowing down to it. We're saying that this thing, whatever it is, is more important in our life than what God is. We need to have a think and a recheck. It's a new year. And Gary preached last week about starting well. Well, I'm preaching this week about continuing well. And maybe I want to do that all year. The thing that's important to God is priority. Getting your priorities right. If he's not number one in your life, then we have a twofold problem. Firstly, you're operating in less than the potential that you have in, have in Christ. And secondly, the Lord becomes restricted in sharing you with what he has for you. If you make God less than number one, you tie his hands up. You cry out for a blessing. You live a worldly life or a partially worldly life. You cry out for a blessing. But God's hands are tied because he's not number one in your life. It's not God's fault. He hears your cry. He says, read the word. Put it into action. You want blessings? Make me number one. Be like the Israelis or be like the Israelite. And I urge you today to make a new covenant with God. Make a new covenant with God today. (coughs) Reaffirm your relationship with God. There are three aspects of Christianity to be considered. One, your relationship with God. Two, your position in God, and three, your direction in life. Three things to consider today. Your relationship with God, your position in God, and your direction in life. I don't need to remind you that this planet is going down the gurgler, folks. Even the planet itself is having upheaval of volcanoes and crazy weather you know I don't know when Jesus is coming but don't put your relationship with God on hold for too long you might just miss out so this planet is going down the gurgler And the only safe place, folks, is on the other side of the pearly gates. That's the only safe place. So I want to invite you, if you feel challenged today, I want you to come down here and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray that the worldly rubbish will get out of your life. That those things that have restricted your relationship and potential in God will be gone. That's the kind of prayer I want to pray So I invite you today, if you've been challenged...
to come down right now and we will lift you up in prayer. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.